What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. This is episode 20. Can you believe that we're already 20 episodes in? I'm actually ahead of schedule in that I already have the video of this podcast uploaded to YouTube. I've been telling you I'd be doing each and every episode, but I've become complacent. I've been a lazy piece of shit, and I haven't been doing what I said I was going to do. So I took some time over the weekend, produced it, um, edited it, and went and got it all posted to YouTube before. I even posted the audio portion. So if you want to go watch it instead of listen to it, I don't know why you'd want to do that over the other, but please feel free to go search YouTube, the Prove Me Wrong podcast, and hit that subscribe button. If you haven't yet, please go and rate and review the podcast in your listening app of choice. I appreciate you guys and all the reviews that are already up there. So in this episode, I go off on everything from the ASPCA to Hillary Clinton, and then I go off on this little thing I found out about called a fantasy baseball camp for men and women over the age of 30. I don't want to spoil anything, so without further ado, here's episode 20, the Prove Me Wrong podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. I am your host, Grayson Gregory. This is episode 20 of the podcast, which means we're nearing in on our six-month anniversary. There's 52 weeks in a year, so do the math with me, and we're getting fairly close. So that's exciting. So everyone that thought it wouldn't last as long as it has, hi, we're still here. We're still kicking. Gotta like that, man. There is a lot to get into on this podcast. Uh, Some of the topics we're going to touch on is Hillary. Clinton's back in the news today, so I can't wait to talk about that bitch. Um, Larry Nasser, you guys know about him? He's a fucking animal. Um, they cloned a monkey this week. I'll say that again. They cloned a monkey this week. Our most, our closest relative in the animal kingdom. Yeah, they're cloning them now. Um, I found out about a little thing called a fantasy baseball camp. And I can't just wait because I cannot wait to give you, first of all, the backstory on what a fantasy baseball camp is, the type of people that go to fantasy baseball camp. And then essentially, I'm just going to rant and rave about this new thing I found out that is called a fantasy baseball camp. But I had one of those fuck I'm old moments last week. And when I tell you where I went, you're going to be like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Of course, you're too old to be there. I'm not talking about mulligans, although I was there, but I'm talking about a little place in San Diego that most of us know by their two little initials, and that is PB, also known as Pacific Beach. So me and a couple friends had gone down to OB to go meet up with some people, and then we got bored and said, fuck it, let's go over to PB and see what that is all about. And we went on a Thursday night, and for those of you that don't go out there or didn't go out there when you were younger, Thursday night is college night. I'm not old, or I guess I'm way too old to be considered a college student. Told you last week about the guy on YouTube that said I was a fucking 40-year-old guy. Hey, I'm 32. But clearly, I'm not the young buck that I once was. 
But when we went down there, it was probably pretty early, especially for that place. I think we went down there like 8 or 8.30. And I used to have like some staples that I'd always go to. To those of you that lived in PB or hung out with me during that time, some of these places are going to ring a bell. But like a staple of PB was Typhoon Saloon which was connected to Fred's Mexican restaurant. That was a bigger bar. If you guys remember, what was that 80s rock group? Like the hair metal group um, that would play like all the 80s shit when look like them. Twisted Steel Panther. Yeah. Okay. Like they used to play there. And that was just like the one spot where you'd always start off. Gone. Now it's a moonshine flats. If you've ever been to the one in Gaslamp, they now have one in PB. So now where it used to be hip hop and rock music, there's now a country bar where people line dance on a Thursday. That was the first thing that upset me. My after hours spot there, it's not a great bar, but it was a cool spot to kind of just go hang out, wind down before you go home. Little place called Plum Crazy. Gone. Ghost town. Nothing's been put in there. It's just vacant. The spot right next to it. A place that I used to go prior to ever being 21 because it was the only place in PB you can go being 18 and over, Zanzibar. Everybody's favorite who could join if you lived in San Diego. Gone. Just a sign on the door that's now for rent. Completely gone. So we ended up at Cabo Cantina because why? Because I think they do buy one, get one free drinks or shots all day long. And they have a little porch you can go hang out at. So we went and got our first cocktail there. And then we kind of started bouncing around from place to place to try and find, you know, a DJ or just something going on so we can kick it and have a few drinks tonight because we were going to stay down there anyways. And we ended up, I think, at PB Shore Club. It's right there on Mission and on the street. But we ended up there. And it didn't get crowded until about 10, 30, or 11. And we just had a little booth where we were shooting the shit and just drinking and watching these kids come in. And, oh, my God, I'm so fucking old. Like, I remember what it was like when I was 21, 22 in that age range. These kids are monsters. They need, like, a chaperone. Why do people let them out of the house? I don't think we should let 21-year-olds drink. I think we need to up the age to like 25. I mean, people were coming in already blacked out. And I understand you're saying, Grayson, you sound like the old guy spraying people off on your lawn with the hose saying, get off my lawn. And it's a little bit like that. And trust, I get it because I was the guy that we would get a handle of vodka or something and we'd slam that before then going out to the bar. So I get it. I understand it. I have been there. But these kids these days, see, turning into the old guy, it just made me realize like this is not the spot for me. First of all, everybody looks the same. All the girls have like gone back into the 80s with these high-waisted jeans, wearing like a fucking leotard underneath it or unitard, I don't know what you call them. They all look the same. The guys have just gotten like more douchey than they used to be. And you still get some of the tool bags where you can tell like who's from San Diego or who's from California in a college age group and who's from outside. Because just like dudes wear in Florida, you can tell these college age kids, the ones that have like the khakis above the knee, fucking Sperry's, like a collared shirt. Where I come from, that is not drinking attire. That's like Easter attire at best, right? Like, I would never wear that shit. Boat shoes? Are you going on a boat? What are you wearing boat shoes for, asshole? But that's what these kids look like, and they're usually from, like, Ohio or Florida. But you can tell that they're not from California, but they all look the same. And you can, like, overhear these conversations that's happening with these idiots, and 
oh, it was just mind numbing. But you're saying, Grayson, you're 32. What'd you expect? I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. But it had been a long time since I went to PB. So I guess Father Time had just caught up to me. And it was just a good slap in the face of saying, you're too old to be doing this. Now, granted, we did end up leaving that spot and found a couple cool other bars uh, before we ended up crashing out at the hotel. But that was a swift kick in the dick. I can tell you that much. Time moves really, really quick. And we've talked about this around birthdays and New Year's and all that type of shit. But it doesn't seem... Now that I'm 32, it doesn't seem like that was 11 years ago. Like, you know the difference between, like, being 11 and 22... That's huge. I mean, that's continents away. It's Pangea. In 22 to 32, I'm much more mature, or I'd like to think mature person at 32 than 22. But that time goes really, really fast. 11 to 21 or 22, not so quick. But 30 or 21 to 32, it's a blink of the eye. And it just made me think, like, how fast are the next 10 years going to go? Like, there's got to be some point now where I can't continue to go to some of the places I've continued to go to. And, like, I've, I feel young. I, maybe I don't look all that young anymore, but I feel young. And now I can't go to some of these places. So that was a little depressing. And it was just exacerbated after having a conversation with my dad this week because... Me and some friends are going out to do like a 23-hour trip to Vegas next week. I don't know if I talked about this in the last podcast or not, so I'll just I'll give you the cliff notes in case. There's a DJ I wanted to go see. Thought he was playing at Coachella. Not playing at Coachella. Is playing at a club that one of my good buddies, Brent, that he works at. So I figured it out where we can get a cheap hotel room, cheap flights, and we're going to go check the show and then fly home the very next day. And I was telling my dad about this, and I thought, like, oh, he might be pumped. Like, oh, way to go, son. Doing it. You got all this shit on the cheap. Go have yourself a good time in Vegas. And I told him what we were going to do, and he said, son, which it's never good for the men in the room. It's never good when your dad says, son. You, you know something um, not positive is probably going to come out of his mouth. And he said, son, aren't you a little too old to be doing this? And I, I just told you about how I felt in PEB. So this has kind of already been in my mind. And I get like with the Coachella shit, maybe I'm a little too old to be doing that. But God damn it, I'm single. I got no kids and I enjoy it. So my dad says, son, aren't you a little too old to be doing this? I said, well, I don't think so. But it kind of opened up. Uh, a conversation that we were discussing. I said, well, you went to Vegas when you're in your 30s. Like, we grew up going to Vegas as kids. My dad would go gamble. We'd go hang out at the pool at the Flamingo or go to the arcade. Like, we just have always been a family that's gone to Vegas together. So I said, well, what'd you do when you were my age and you used to go to Vegas? And, of course, he'd go see guys like Wayne Newton or some of those different acts, you know. And I said, well, Pops, we're doing the same thing. We're just approaching it in different ways. You were spending money, or back then he was probably getting free shit from the pit boss to get tickets to these shows. So you're doing dinner, you're having drinks. Granted, I don't think the turn up is the same as what I will be doing next week, but you were spending money and doing these things, but you were seeing people like Wayne Newton. 
Back then in Vegas, they used to tear down hotels and build up new ones. It was the norm. Remember all the hotels that went down and came up as we were kids? I mean, remember like when Treasure Island was built or when Paris was built? That, that shit came out of nowhere. But now they're all the same institutions. All the same hotels have been there roughly, with the exception of a few new ones, for the last 20 years, 25 years, right? And what changes now is the clubs that are inside those hotels become because it's become so lucrative to have these big DJs and have these big clubs inside of Vegas. So I said, Pops, we're kind of doing the same thing. And his point on it was that he cannot believe these people spend so much money on bottle service or to get a, a table or whatever it is. But not to toot my own horn, I know some people in Vegas and... Grayson doesn't pay full price for a lot of this shit. So, I'm going to these awesome DJs and clubs for not that much money. Wink, wink. So, I said, Pops, you were getting free tickets to go see Wayne Newton. I'm essentially getting free-ish tickets to go see R.L. Grime. We're doing the same things. It's just ours is a little bit more grandiose than what you were doing. Sure, you were probably just having a scotch where I'm going to be double fisting two bottles of vodka. Like I said, the turn up is going to be real next week. And I don't care if I'm 32 or not. But he said, you know what? That's a good point. He couldn't justify all these people that spend that much money. But hey, I don't spend that much money in Vegas. I'm not much of a gambler. I like to bet on sports. So the cards in roulette, unless I'm super hammered and I'm trying to keep up with some friends, I don't really play those games. So I think we're getting in, like I said, three or four, and then I'm leaving at like two or three the next day. So this is just going to be a quick wham, bam, thank you, ma'am trip to Vegas. And that's the way I like it. I've told you before, my rule when it comes to Vegas is two nights, three days tops. You have to get the fuck out by day number three. So we're getting out within 24 hours. We might go try and play top golf over there. Have any of you played top golf yet? I, it looks pretty damn fun. It's kind of like darts meets bowling meets golf, obviously, but it's, it's like 45 bucks an hour. So I don't know if I want to do that or if I'd rather spend 45 bucks doing something else. So if you see any snaps or some Instagram, if you see any Instagrams, that's a weird way to say it. If you see it on Instagram, then you'll know uh, we went to Top Golf. But it's me, my homie Blaine, Matt, and our friend Haley. So maybe I'm too old to be doing this shit, but I feel young and I got no responsibilities. So I'm going to do it. But I can tell you one thing that I am extremely too old for. And I mentioned it in the beginning, but it's this little thing called fantasy baseball camp. And how do I say this diplomatically? Me and Brian have been discussing this the last few days because somebody that we know has been talking about it on social media about how they're going to this fantasy baseball camp have been talking about it for like a few months now. This is someone I don't even follow on Twitter. It's someone we used to work with. And I'm what I call like a ghost follower. You know, like how some of you people don't follow people on Instagram, but you, you go and check out their shit. I kind of do the same thing on this guy's Twitter account because it's fucking hilarious what happens. I don't follow him. I'm just a piece of shit asshole that likes to go get screenshots and send it to Brian from time to time. But I mentioned that he had been talking about going to this fantasy baseball camp. Instantly, I was intrigued hearing about this. 
You know how I feel about Jersey guy and sport fan guy and how it makes what would seemingly be normal adults and turn them into toddlers. It's like the Benjamin Button disease of men. So I heard he was doing this fantasy baseball camp, and here's what I assumed in my head. They'd probably fly out to Arizona because that, or like Florida because that's where they have a lot of these spring training games. I assumed it would probably be meeting some players, and then him and his group of friends or whatever it is would be doing um, their fantasy baseball draft. Oh, no. Oh, how I was mistaken. And it has sent me down this rabbit hole that I truly cannot even believe exists. So I'm going to go to the website real quick, and I'm just going to read you the description under Fantasy Camp 2018 presented by JetBlue. And it reads, The official Red Sox Fantasy Camp lets you live out the childhood dream of being a Major League Baseball player. You'll train at the official Red Sox Spring Training Complex. You'll use the same facilities as the Major League team. Play on the Fenway Park replica field at JetBlue Park. Coaching you through the week will be past Red Sox greats like Lewis Tyant, maybe it's his name, Mike Timlin, Trot Nixon, Ellis Burks, Rich Gedman, and more. No matter your skill level, any Red Sox or baseball fan over the age of 30 will rave about this Red Sox experience of a lifetime. Now, did you catch that last part of that sentence? I will read it normally so you can let this resonate and sink in what's going on here. The last sentence reads, No matter your skill level, any Red Sox or baseball fan over the age of 30 will rave about this Red Sox experience of a lifetime. So for those of you that still didn't pick up on it, that means for you to go play make-believe and pretend you're a Red Sox baseball player, you have to be over the age of 30. And how much does this cost, you ask? The standard package is $5,200. That means people over the age of 30 are spending $5,200 to go play intramural baseball on not even the real field that the Red Sox play on. And this is a week long. It goes from Sunday to Sunday. They have like an evaluation and at 9.30 a.m. they have team stretching and they have an awards banquet, and this is for people over the age of 30. I just called my nephews and asked if they wanted to do it. They're going to be four in March, and they even said, nah, Grayson, we're too old for this. Thanks anyways, and I got it. I was glad they were that mature, but I, I'll have to read a couple things to you. So there's an FAQ section on their website, and it says, what is the average age of a camper? Clearly, you know, over 30, right? So it says, the minimum age to attend camp is 30 years old. Our campers range in age from 30 to 78 years old. Regardless of age, each camper has the same opportunity to play. Who is signing up for this? 
it would be the equivalent of like me and Brian. They have what they call International Fight Week in Vegas around Fourth of July each year. It'd be like the equivalent of us paying five grand to go and have like a fake walkout. Get like those stupid Reebok fight kits. Get gloves. Take pictures of us doing like a standoff, like a, 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 a face off to each other, playing make believe as thirty year olds. And the bad part about this is think about all the dads that are going. Imagine finding out that your dad had been going to this for years. $5,200? Think about the trip you could take to Europe while doing this. You could go travel the world for months on end, but no! You chose to go dress up like a Boston Red Sox player and go play intramural baseball with people age range from 30 to 78 years old. They call it a camp. The people that go call themselves campers. What is going on? Remember that fucking movie Camp Nowhere that was badass in the 90s? Think of that, but with grown adults. I can only imagine the guys that go there. It's gotta be like a hodgepodge of either like Boy Scout leaders and guys that go to the AVN Awards. For those uninitiated, the AVN Awards is the porn award. It's the Grammy of porn in Vegas and you should see these neck beard mouth breather still living on their mom's couch humans that go to the fucking awards that's all I can imagine about what you would find at Red Sox fantasy baseball camp and Brian brought up a good point as we were discussing this like obviously they know what they're doing right this actually I always grew up hating the Red Sox this makes me love them more I'm so thankful that they are out there just taking five thousand dollars away from people that are over the age of 30 they they must have been doing this to troll them I hope they're just lining their pockets I hope they're laughing all figurative or all the way literally all the way to the bank taking these people's money and what's even better is that they have up charges on these guys so you know some of them are going to be spending an additional thousand bucks or so through the weekend but there was one other thing in their FAQ um, that I had to fucking find real quick one second where is that? Um, oh, by the way, friends and family can go. So imagine going and rooting on someone <laughs> as they're playing in this fake fucking baseball game. Um, oh, this tells you all you need to know. I have located it. The question states, do most people attend with a friend or attend on their own? And this, the answer to it, really kind of makes me feel bad for making fun of them but then again no it doesn't because my heart's black as fuck so the question is do most people attend with a friend or attend on their own the answer says we have a great mix of attendees we have friends coming down together father-son combinations co-workers and etc in addition we have many campers wait for it almost 75 percent <laughs> who come down completely on their own. If you do happen to come alone, there are many opportunities to meet and socialize with other campers and many new lifelong friendships have been started at camp. At camp, new friendships, people over the age of 30. How, what, what? I can't even complete a thought. It's just how, what? 
This is real? I wish I would have thought about this like ahead of time and I would have tried to get like credential for the event and gone and been a media member. I would love to interview these people. I'm such a piece of shit. I went and searched the geotag for the place they're gonna be playing yesterday just to see the type of people that are going to play here and hey, it's the exact target demographic that you would think. And I feel bad for these people because it's like they never grew up. They're like the Peter Pan of people. First of all, how many of you out there are still trying to fulfill like a childhood fantasy? Pretty sure like the only childhood fantasies I had were either wanting to make out with Kelly Kapowski or Wendy Peppercorn. And then I realized, you know, when I was 10 that they're fake people and they're just actresses and I got over it. But you have people in their 40s and 50s that are still living out their fantasy of wanting to be a professional baseball player. So they're going to fantasy camp. What are the real... I mean, I told you that some of the old Red Sox players are coming back. What do they think about this? You're shaking these guys' hands that are like the same age as you or older, and they're telling about how they named their son after you or their dog after you. I mean, they must just walk around with like Perel afterwards, just trying to wipe off all the filth of meeting these people. Like, I hate college football. Uh, like college sport fan the worst because they're the creepiest people because you have these grown adults that are cheering on like 18 year olds like their whole life depends on it but it gets super slippery with these sports guys I mean how many people do you know that have named a, a child after an athlete or a dog or have like a whole shrine in their house Brian was telling me there was some ESPN 30 on 30 or something like outside the line shit of this guy who was in his 50s that a whole room that was all about putting, that was all talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, for those of you that don't know, is the quarterback of the Packers. And I guess he like met him or something and he was just like beside himself and was crying and getting autographs. And it's just absolutely unbelievable. So if this guy ends up listening to this podcast, he'll 100% know I'm talking shit on him. But, like, like what am I going to do? Go play, like, make-believe with Blink-182 or something and pretend, like, oh, I'm, I'm in the band. Look, look at me. I'm Travis Barker. Like, wow. People should not be supported in making these decisions. I mean, look, live and let live. I, I know how I live my life. But as I'm standing in my ivory tower and I'm looking down and judging people, I'm definitely judging the people that go to fantasy baseball camp that are still trying to chase a dream like they're in the goddamn sandlot of being some professional. I, I can't imagine many of them even played high school sports. I mean, these are like the people that still collect baseball cards. These are the people that like watch SportsCenter five times in a row. This is the lowest of the low. I mean... And it's, it's weird because you see people supporting them. I see the comments like, oh, have so much fun. What? I'm going to say maybe you'll take it as I have asshole friends, but I think it means that I have the best friends. If I was doing this, like if I was going to Angels baseball camp for a week and I was going to dress up and I have eye black on my face and I'm all pumped, my comments would be a dumpster fire of people talking shit on me. Lifelong friends that would be, you're too old for this, bro. What are you doing? Some of them say it about Coachella. It's hilarious. That's why I have good friends. You want friends that put you down for stupid shit. And this guy has friends that are just supportive of him. I can't understand it. So if you guys want to look it up or maybe, hey, this is something you want to do, go look at Fantasy Baseball Camp. Like, 
wasn't that one of the things you used to win on Double Dare? It wasn't like Fantasy Baseball Camp. Remember, they used to have like that thing you'd be in the ball and you could go to space camp for a week. That's what these 30 and up people are doing. They are doing the equivalent of going to space camp for a week. I might have lost some of you guys on that, but fuck you. 30 years old and you're going to go to fantasy baseball camp? Not this guy. I hope you have fun and just know I'm going to be watching very closely so I can see all the shenanigans that go on this guy's social media page. Uh, hell does exist. I guess I'm going to be there. And I'm going to dovetail this into another thing that really pissed me off a few weeks ago <laughs> is uh, when I was down in San Diego at my folks place it's 2018 and they still don't have wi-fi there i i don't know they got this fucking beautiful place and don't have wi-fi there talk about first world problems i'm not complaining this way but with not having the internet means i gotta watch actual cable and along with actual cable means you gotta watch actual commercials you can't like fast forward live tv yet that's why i hate cable it's so outdated just drives me nuts but i was watching a breaking bad marathon and one of the recurring commercials that kept coming up, like each commercial break was an ad for the ASPCA. You know, the ASPCA is, I don't know what the acronym stands for, but it's its the one that helps save animals, okay? A couple things struck me as I was watching this. They're asking for money. They're asking for donations. It's like one of those, you know, just $20 today and you could help save a puppy. But at the end, they talk about your $20 donation. They talk about what you get with it each month with your donation. And for starters, $20 gets you a t-shirt. It gets you like a trifold informational guide. It gets you a picture of a puppy. Yes, a picture of a puppy. This isn't like when you're feeding a kid in Africa or you adopt a whale and they say, oh, this is the whale you're helping. Nope. Just a picture of a puppy. Just any old puppy. A puppy you can get off Google Images, but they're going to send you one. And it made me stop for a second and go, what the fuck is your money going to? $20 to the ASPCA gets you a t-shirt, this picture. They got to send it, so there's money. And then you get this informational guide. So how much of that initial $20 is even going to the charity that they're discussing. And on top of that, as I mentioned, I'm seeing this commercial, each commercial break, and that shit's not free. So your money's essentially going to the commercial that you're watching? How much money of this is even going to the dogs? Wake up, people, ASPCA. How much of that goes to the puppies? And it's so fucked. Like, they don't have the Sarah McLaughlin music in this commercial. But they, since it's a winter, they show all these dogs in the cold and they're all freezing. Freezing. I mean, unless you're a real piece of shit, you'd want to help them out. But good God, I'm sitting there playing this money game in my head. And I go, I don't think much of this money's going to dog food. Don't think many of it's going to shelters. And they got to pick a better target audience because as they're going to California and they're showing all these dogs in the snow... We've had like one rainy day this winter. I'm not sure winter's ever coming. The average temperature of January has been like 79. So maybe you got to show a dog like hanging out on a beach or something just so it relates to us because it's definitely not cold. You look at the mountains to the east and 
Not much snow up there. So ASPCA, I'm on to you. I know what's going on, you sons of bitches. And social media is a funny thing. It kind of polarizes, I think, everybody's point of view. And I've even been taking a note kind of uh, a self-reflecting look on how I probably come across on social media or some of the things I post. But I saw one person that's probably a Birkenstock wearer, so you know what type of hippie this is. It's a special left-leaning person. And I'd like to think I'm in the middle. Some of you guys might think I'm more left than right or more right than left. But this person was posting about how they ride their bike to work. And how they're helping save the environment. You know, it's like that vegan friend you have. The one that doesn't shut the fuck up about it. That treats veganism like a religion. That has to put it in everybody's face. And they think, look at me! I'm saving the world! I'm a vegan! It was that type of person. Like one of my good buddies, Ryan King, that I worked with for many years at the public house and have done different events with. That dude's vegan as fuck. He never talks about it. Been to his house drunk many a night's whips up some bomb food and I'm picky as hell and it's this vegan shit and I love it but you never hear him talk about it that's the way to go if you ask him he'll give you his two cents but that's the type of people I like the ones that just do their own shit and shut up about it and let their actions speak louder than words but we all know that crossfitter that talks about crossfit too much we all know that vegan that thinks they're captain america and then there was this person with their bike and they were talking about how global warming, everybody should be riding their bike to work. Sure. Unless you live in California, where we, I think on average, the average person commutes 50 minutes to work to and from each way. So good luck with that, strike one. Strike two, by you just riding your bike to work, sure, if we all started riding our bikes, if this all became an initiative and we were all living close to work and every single person started riding their bike, that would help things a bit. But you, just you being the one person, you think that you are saving the world, that you have to tell every about everybody about it? Kick rocks. I hope you endo over your handlebars and scrape your fucking face. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do things to promote the, uh, the health of the world. Absolutely. I'm on team planet Earth. I like this place. I don't think we should be doing shit that's going to constantly um, fuck up the place we live, you know? But to think that you riding your bike makes you any better than anybody else, think of all the cars in the world. Think of all the machines that run off gas. Think of places that have billions of people like China and India, where they can barely breathe out there because the smog's so bad because of all the pollution. And you think you riding your bike in Santa Cruz is a drop in the fucking bucket of what's going on and you're going to champion yourself for this and you're going to put your own self on a pedestal and say look at me I'm riding my bike I'm saving the world fuck you that's that's the equivalent of donating, let's say, a half a penny a day and you claiming that you're helping solve the world's hunger crisis. You think you're Bill and Melinda Gates. You think you're Justin Wren that's going out to the Congo and building wells for the pygmies. And let's th think about it when you expand it out and you think about one bike for all of the type of machinery that runs off gas. Donating a half a penny would be orders of magnitude. 
better off than what you're doing just riding your bike. Just orders of magnitude. It would really be like a percentage of 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 a penny to donating. And you think you're out there being fucking Jesus. Think you're turning water into wine, but all you're really doing is donating a part of a pen and you think you're solving the world's hunger crisis. You're riding your bike and you're just out there thinking, I'm Captain America. It's not Captain America, is it? That's a different person. What is that guy's name? Um, not recycle, reuse. God damn it. Um, green superhero. Captain Planet. Duh. Captain Planet, and I figured that out before I even saw it on Google, okay? Of course it was Captain Planet, good God almighty. But so if you're one of those people, hey, I'm about riding bikes, I like being in the sun, but do not go and get on uh, your soapbox and tell everybody about how you're solving the world's crisis by you just being on a motherfucking Schwinn as you ride two miles to your tech job. You can kiss my ass. So I don't know if you guys saw it in the news this week, but there's a little guy by the name of Larry Nasser, and by a guy, I mean a fucking monster. Like, I'm not a proponent of capital punishment, and that's coming from someone that's had a friend murdered and <laughs> isn't a fan of capital punishment. But when it comes to pedophilia or guys like Larry Nasser, can't we just light him on fire alive? And like, I'm down for like lighting him on fire and then dropping water on him, and then lighting him on fire and then dropping water on him, and then continuing to do this for as long as you can until they are fucking deceased. And like I said, I'm not a proponent of capital punishment unless it has to do with monsters like Larry Nasser. Now, if you guys don't know who Larry Nasser is, this motherfucker abused over 160 women. And women isn't even really the word. What we really mean is young girls, Olympians, people that went to Michigan State. This fucking monster used to have a procedure that he would call intervaginal massaging on 12 year old girls all the way up till 20 the Olympic committee knew about it Michigan State where he was also a team doctor knew about it the NCAA knew about it coaches knew about it and they didn't do a fucking thing for you sports fans you guys might remember somewhat of a similar thing had happened at a little university called Penn State where there was this guy that was diddling, it's not even the right word, I'm trying to be respectful of this, but he was um, coercing and fondling young kids. University knew about that too, didn't do anything. So fast forward, this has been happening for over 20 years. This guy is now going to be receiving a lifetime sentence in jail. And if you guys watched the Olympics last year, a lot of those women that were on that team were part of the ones that were abused. And if you haven't seen it yet, I would implore you to go see uh, Ali Reisman's speech on it. It's about a five-minute speech, and she eviscerates this guy. So with all the Me Too movement shit going on, and I understand how it's kind of got polarized, and this is one of those things where they say, like, oh, you should believe all women. Someone definitely should have believed one of these goddamn girls. For God's sakes, one of the teams called him the crotch doc. Parents had been told, and nobody did a fucking thing about it until he got caught with child pornography last year, and now he's going to be spending the rest of his life in jail. But I, I understand the Me Too movement has maybe gone too far one way, but 
this is it. I mean, these are children and we should be supporting them. Jesus fucking Christ. And Hillary Clinton's kind of been in the news talking about some of this stuff and everything. And in full disclosure, I think Hillary Clinton is an absolute monster. I mean, we're talking about Larry Nasser. Hillary Clinton's probably pretty close right there with me. I mean, you want to talk about a fake fucking feminist, slut shaming, and all around horrible human being? That is Hillary Rodham Clinton for you. And it's been really funny to watch her try and dance around this Me Too line when I mentioned slut shaming, when the that's a phrase that gets thrown around. Think of all the slut shaming she did against Monica Lewinsky. I mean, how crazy is it that it's called the Monica Lewinsky scandal and not even the Bill Clinton scandal? And if you read some of the stories of the things the Clintons did to just bury this woman, it's absolutely despicable. Except today, it's been fun watching her tweet along because she's been trying to be supportive of this Me Too movement. However, when you find out about the things that she did, I mean, for God's sakes, the woman used to be a defense attorney and helped get these exact pedophiles out of jail and used to laugh about it. There's videos out there of this. But something had come uh, through the news last week. I'm going to read here um, just real quick for you so I don't mess it up. Um, there were some people that had worked into the Clinton uh, on the campaign in the 08 campaign. And one of the heads of the company had been accused of sexually harassing women, of like trying to kiss them on the forehead. You know, like that weird office guy that comes and rubs your shoulders? Yep, that was this guy. Um, would send emails and they asked him to be fired. Two of the people leading the campaign said, we need to fucking remove this guy. Not only is Hillary Clinton the one that stepped in and saved his ass so he wouldn't be fired, she made sure he was on another campaign. You fake bitch. You're out here saying that you're... I mean, if anyone is not a feminist, it is fucking Hillary Clinton. I... Feminism is one of those uh, things where I'm, <laughs> I can't say much on it. I just need to mind my P's and Q's and keep my head down. But Hillary Clinton, she is definitely not the one. There is plenty of women out there for you to say have championed women's rights, but that woman is definitely not Hillary Clinton. She wasn't even pro-gay marriage until a few years ago. She's the one that came out and said she has a marijuana public stance and a private stance. And her public stance was that she was for marijuana. Marijuana, but WikiLeaks showed that her private stance that she's against marijuana. This fake bitch. Between her and her husband, they raised over $160 million for speaking fees. $160 million for speaking fees. And she's now supposed to be the one that we're looking at of, oh, we should have voted her in president because she's such a feminist. And now, for those of you just listening on audio, you'll hear it for a second, but you need to see the video. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see what I'm talking about. There's a little clip that came out today. And the tweet just says, and this is from Mike Toke, says, bizarre video services of Hillary Clinton on the campaign trail giving a shout out to all the activist bitches supporting bitches. But I don't know if you'll be able to pick it up in just the audio portion, but in the video, she says this fucking spiel. And then at the end, you hear the person tell her, now say this. And then she says it and then cackles like the goddamn chicken that she is. So give me one second and I'll play this audio so you can hear it. One sec. Ayo, bitch. Splendiferous. Wanted to say thanks. All right, one second. 
Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for your feminism, for your activism, and all I can hope is you keep up the really important good work. Can you say the name of the activist bitches supporting bitches? <laughs> and let me just say, this is directed to the activist bitches supporting bitches. <laughs> so let's go. Hey everyone. Oh my God, what? You have to see the video. I, for, if, if any of you guys are Parks and Recreation fans, you might remember there was an episode where, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, anyways, they, they were working on this campaign, and this guy's this like robot of a character, and he just says the exact things that people tell him to say. That is who Hillary Clinton is. you got to see this fake fucking video when she just says, oh, can you say that it's activist bitches supporting bitches? And now she's been on this tweet storm where she's trying to say that she supported this woman that came out that claimed all the sexual harassment during the campaign, and people were just reading through her fucking white lies, and I love it. Like, hey, dear politicians, you can't lie anymore. I know you got away with it for millennia i know you were able to put out fake stories with the real fake news the real yellow journalism but now we have this thing called google and we can go back on things that you stood for so you can't really reinvent yourself and say that you are this way but now you're this way <laughs> remember that kia commercial you could deal with this or you could deal with that this bitch is such a goddamn flip-flopper i'm surprised that she hasn't been uh sponsored by rainbow sandals i mean that is what she is remember john Kerry, the big flip-flop that he was or john mccain hillary clinton is right up there i mean she should really be sponsored by rainbow sandals or birkenstocks she flip-flops more than anybody she has not a a good bone in her body and I'm loving seeing everybody come to her like this when she's trying to pretend like oh she's Miss Feminist but we know who the fuck you are and you're a piece of shit does she run again in 2020? wouldn't that be fucking crazy? or are they just getting ready to start trying to get Chelsea running now? I mean, you know it's bad. I mean, that's how bad Hillary Clinton really was. I mean, we were talking about, we've talked about Trump getting elected before, but that was really just, I mean, imagine if the Democrats had anyone decent on their side. I mean, Bernie Sanders might have been able to beat him, and I'm not saying that I'm pro-Bernie Sanders. I'm pro some of the things he says and completely against others. But had they just thrown up anyone that wasn't a career, corrupt, lifelong politician that is Hillary Clinton, they might have had a fighting chance. But, I mean, I just keep waiting for the day when they try and throw Chelsea into the mix. You know, since Mommy didn't become queen of the world, they're definitely going to try and get her to fucking do it. But 2020 is going to be insane. It's in this 24-hour news cycle. I mean, that shithole comment was just said 10 days ago. Doesn't that feel like months ago now? Months ago. And here we are almost just right back in the swing of things. Now that he's in year two, once year three comes around, he's going to have to go hop back on the campaign trail and start trying to convince people to make America great again in the year 2020. I don't know where that's going to go. But hey, with Jeff Sessions and everything that's going on, and we kept talking about my, what might happen with marijuana, I haven't seen him moving forward on that yet, so that's a good thing. I like to try and play... I like to be as honest with you as I can. So if I'm going to call out Jeff Sessions on Trump on some bullshit, so far they haven't. I haven't seen them move on with the um, letter that they had written to all the uh, state attorneys' offices. So we'll see what happens. So maybe Trump's just full of shit. Maybe I mean, doesn't that guy need to get high? <sighs> like if anybody needed to get high or just 
take a hit of ecstasy and just see what the world's really like. It's fucking Donald Trump. He might. He wouldn't be so as uh, brash, so Trump like. It would really help him. Please don't take away our marijuana. Just give it a little puff, puff past Trump, and it might make your life a hell of a lot better. But who the fuck knows? But hey. Are you going to go to a fantasy baseball camp? If you're one of those people, let me know. I'm never going to fucking go, that's for sure. But this was episode 20 of the Prove Me Wrong podcast. I'll be back next week. I'll be dropping a new podcast on Monday. I have a new cello cast uh, coming out to today, Saturday. So that's also going to come out on Monday for all the Coachella fans. Um, that one was super fun. Had an interview on that today that was supposed to last 20 minutes and lasted about 50. So hey, hey, things are going in the right direction. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe in your podcast app listening of choice. I appreciate every fucking one of you guys. Thanks for checking out the podcast. I'll catch you next week. Peace.